0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Battle band, Celestial Drift. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with my guy, the Icon. Hey guys, it is Monday night again, and it is another Monday coming off of a Big Four pay-per-view where I have my reservation uh, about WWE, things I liked, things I didn't like, Uh, I have more positive things to say this Monday than I did after Crown Jewel, Um, but again, we won't go into Crown Jewel and the dumpster fire that that was, Uh, but we do have the Icon here with us. We have Granny Holster as usual, with us, Uh, and uh, we are set to go here. Another three-guest show, a big, star-studded, action-packed lineup tonight, so Icon, go ahead and tell us what we got coming out with us tonight, and uh, we'll get into some Survivor Series
2: talk here before the first guest. All right. Well, we have a big show, as always. Uh we have uh, gunner Vincent Calloway. we have Philip Moore, and we have the very hot vi- voluptuous vivacious Deb Gardner who's got a lot of grievances.
1: You here
2: Deb, so. It's gonna be great.
1: Oh, there he is. He was cutting out a little bit. I couldn't really hear him. Okay, I got you now. Couldn't really hear you for a minute. My headphones. But all right, I got you now.
3: Okay, what did you hear? Uh, well, you were, know, you, started... you were talking about Deb Gardner. You were talking about Deb Gardner, and then I didn't hear anything for a few minutes till you yeah, came you back. Yeah, you got cut so. off for a second. Okay, well, Deb Gardner,
2: uh, she's eight thousand followers to this show tonight. And we're going to have wow. some giveaways, thanks thanks to Deb. And uh, beautiful, beautiful, always love giveaways. And uh, there's uh, also a rumor that she may be joining us next week uh, as well. Ooh. So
1: a little, little back to back action,
2: huh? All right, yeah. So uh, yeah, so we want to want to keep all that stuff positive, keep it going. And I can't wait. What's up with you guys? Well, well, I'm
1: just doing Monday Night Football here A little double duty action as usual here I'm doing Granny's Chiefs here tonight As they play the Rams And, um, you know, obviously Monday Night Raw is on as well uh, But, uh, again, I'm, I miss it I have a DVR at home, so I can watch it at home But, uh, but yeah, a uh, little Survivor Series last night Raw with a clean sweep over SmackDown um, one, of them, one of them wasn't as decisive It was Charlotte Flair who was Stepping in for Becky Lynch um, Due to that injury um, Getting disqualified So not all the SmackDown stars got pinned uh, But what do you guys think were the highlights And the lowlights of Survivor Series Last night uh, did, did, did you? Th- I mean if there were any highlights at all I think there were a couple But uh, did you guys uh, like it overall Or not like it Or did they drop the ball Did they hit the mark I mean well, what do you think about one of the big four per views
2: well, I thought Charles oh. turn was uh, unnecessary.
3: Well, That's I didn't. I, I I didn't get to see it. I wasn't feeling very good last night, so I went to bed early. But I so I didn't get to see it. So.
2: Well, there's there's a lot of things that uh, you know the WWE does wrong, obviously. But I'll tell you what, though. Uh, you know, I have. I have coworkers. Now, the reason why I mention that I have coworkers that started listening to the show Uh, cause where I work at now Uh, I work with more wrestling fans Than I used to At, at my other, uh, at my other job And, uh, one of my coworkers workers Uh, said, Icon Did you check out the pay-per-view last night? I said, yeah He said, why?
4: Well, yeah
2: How can I get that four hours of my life back That I wasted?
1: <laughs> oh, wow Huh. Well I liked honestly, I'll be honest with you I kinda liked the Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan match simply because it kept you in suspense. It it was it it started off being a, a Brock Lesnar beatdown and then um I I just uh I, I don't know. I, I think Daniel Bryan did did enough in that match to impress and I think if WWE wants to make Lesnar into this monster, um, they, they did a good job because, I mean, he, you know, he threw Daniel Bryan around pretty well. But I, I just think there, there was enough suspense in that match. I think the Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura match, bringing back the curb stop that was amazing. Um, I think the fact that uh, the Raw women's team won simply because of Nia Jax, even though Alexa Bliss was the captain, and, you know, the history that they've had. So I think that there were some good storyline builders going into the new year. I really do.
2: Right. And uh, I uh, I did enjoy it from what I, I didn't really have any complaints. Uh, the thing that was really interesting, like I said, you know, I don't know if you guys watched the pay-per-view with everybody, but uh, – this is uh, one time a month when my dad wrestling and watches the pay-per-view, and it's, it's very interesting his reaction with Charlotte Flair. He thought her heel turn was unbelievable, and to me it was completely unexpected, too. I know what you guys thought about it, but she really lit Ronda Rousey's ass up with that Kindle. And they also brought back the uh, the what they used to call filminizing their ankle, but she filminized Ronda Rousey's throat. <laughs> well, what and this sets up? Who, go ahead.
1: Well, I think I think I think well I think what this sets up, obviously Becky Lynch. Um, you know, there's still a lot of rumors out there as to whether or not the Nia Jax uh, punch. That was so publicized, was legit, and that whether it was a fake injury or not, for storyline purposes, that's still up in the air. But I think well, what this got, sets she up.
2: Got in trouble, she got in trouble though. Well, she for
1: did, that. yes. I, I don't get me wrong, I think she actually hit her, yes. But I think Becky could have could have competed if she wanted to. I think what this did was this set up a storyline where Becky Lynch is sort of going to be dodging Ronda Rousey here and doing these sneak attacks like we saw on Raw, and she's going to really build herself up as a heel, and the fact that Charlotte Flair took a... uh, You know, because she's always been sort of the the fighting champion, that that she took a page out of Becky Lynch's book here. This could almost be an invasion type of angle again. This could almost be a Raw versus SmackDown for brand superiority type of feud that we're going to see, Coming in the next couple of weeks, led by the women's division, and I, I think it's an interesting thing. I mean, they got nothing else better going on right now, so I think it could be an interesting thing here. I think this is really going to propel uh, both Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch into the higher ranks. I really
2: do. I do, and uh, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely behind it. I just feel that uh, that they're actually starting to put stuff together like they should i i i guess i don't know how you how you feel because you know the you know the WWE has been insulting our intelligence lately with their pay-per-views and their storylines and their bs and dismat and whatever However, I think that pay-per-view last night was really the best that the WWE is capable of having compared to what they've been doing as of late. I think they needed to have a big
1: rebound show after Crown Jewel and the debacle that Crown Jewel had become. I think they really needed to have a good bounce-back show, and I think that they did that. Um, But do you guys feel – or actually, Granny says she didn't get a chance to watch it. So, Icon, do you you feel that maybe WWE is turning a corner here? Because, I mean, I've heard all week about how terrible Braun Strowman is on the mic and how they shouldn't allow him to talk and yada, yada, and all this. I think for what they're painting Braun Strowman out to be, he's perfect. You know, he's perfect on the mic. I don't think he's supposed to be this long-winded – drawn-out type of promo giver. I think he's supposed to be the man of few words and the monster that he is. And, uh, you know, the fact that he's got to compete in a Hell in a Cell match against Baron Corbin at TLC, and if he wins, he gets a shot at Brock Lesnar for the for the uh, Universal title. I think that that's a really good storyline. And, you know, I, I think he's going to win, and I think we're going to see Lesnar and Reigns part two, and this <coughs> is when I think Reigns gets the best uh, of, of Lesnar. I think Roman Reigns... Is going to come into the new year being a champion, and Lesnar's going to go back to UFC. I think this is just a temporary thing. Once they took the belt off Roman, of I think they had long, uh, long-term goals for Strowman uh, that they just weren't fully developed yet. And I think now, now they're developed. And uh, I think this is going to end up being a pretty interesting thing to follow over the next couple of weeks and months. Well, you know, I, I
3: really hope, well. I really hope, I really hope Braun Strowman beats the heck out of Boring Corbin. I really do.
2: You know, and the whole thing about Okay
1: Granny, do you think that your your hatred did do you think that your hatred for Baron Corbin uh rivals the you know, the hatred that Icon has for Kevin Owens? I I mean are you at that level with Corbin yet?
3: Well, no, I'm I'm not at the level of hatred like what Icon hates for Kevin Owens. I just can't stand Baron Corbin. I don't like him. I think he's a jerk, but as far as like going to the point of like absolutely hating, despising him, you know, I mean, I don't like Baron Corbin. I hate watching him. I hate listening to him when he's out there. That um, Stephanie told him tonight because I kind of was flipping through Monday Night Raw and, and the football game, you know, before Magnum PI came on. And um I like the fact that Stephanie told him that if he loses to Braun Strowman, you know, basically he's going to lose everything. If he wins, he gets the permanent general manager position. But if he loses, basically he's lost everything. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens.
2: So we know what that means, that Baron Corbin is going to win this match. We know we now know
3: that. Well, I don't know. I don't know because you know, Stephanie told him about a week or so ago that basically he basically in so many words he wasn't doing that great of a job, you know, and she was kind of throwing some things out there that you know, so I don't know, you know, I'm hoping that unless he just finds a way to get out of wrestling him like he did last week when he was supposed to face, you know, whoever he was supposed to face last week, and then, you know, they had to wrestle Drew McIntyre, you know. So, I mean, it was just, you know, whatever. I mean, it's it's their storylines, however they want to run it. But I don't have a hatred for Baron Corbin like Icon does for Kevin Owens. I just don't like Baron Corbin. I mean... You know, I think he's boring. Well, here's the deal. I don't
2: like Barry Corbin either, but I don't hate him like I do
3: a-hole. I know, I know.
2: So our guest, uh, our first guest should be calling in here shortly. And uh, I think I just got a signal that he may be calling in, or he may be on already. Uh, Big Swing, if you want to check the board, uh, is he there? Yeah, we got nothing yet. He thinks we when cut out. He
1: I know I, I said we got nothing yet.
2: Okay. okay. We got nothing right. yet,
1: but uh they 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 will be uh, I'm assuming on pretty soon here. Um but uh yep. Real quick though. Um Icon, do you feel raw made the right decision? by having the flagship brand have a clean sweep? Uh, do you feel like perhaps SmackDown you know, should have been able to get a couple of matches or that WWE wanted to show everybody, hey, Raw is the flagship, Raw is the show? Uh, you Because, know, I mean, if you look at the ratings, SmackDown's still getting better ratings, weirdly enough. So maybe they did this just to sort of say, That's hey, this Raw is it. the
0: dominant brand.
1: Yeah, because they, they, they want did. Raw to be the dominant brand. Still, though, I think this is the first time ever, that Raw's got a clean sweep over SmackDown. So now we have the caller on, Icon. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to step aside here, uh, cover some of this Monday Night Football, make sure all that's good to go, um, you know, on on our sister station over here. And uh, I'll be popping in and out of the interview periodically. But, uh, Icon, this is your department, so I'm going to patch them through and let you and Granny do your thing.
2: Ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is what you would call a second-generation master in the business. He has a famous father that we are going to ask him about. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Gunner Vincent Calloway. Hello, Gunner. How are you?
4: hey how's it going
3: hi gunner
2: hey good to have you on buddy
4: hey good to be here what an intro
2: thank you and uh as uh what we like to do is once uh our guests get the best in-ring interview they've ever had we like to have them give us a little background about themselves and we ask them the questions
4: you want to go ahead go ahead yeah go ahead Yeah, um, So yeah, Uh, Gunner Calloway, callaway, uh, um, aka the Show gun, gun. Uh, I am a uh, I am an artist uh by trade and repairman by day, um, living out here in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Weather is so-so. Um, and uh yeah, just up and coming, self-starter and looking to uh, break into the video game industry as a uh, digital artist.
2: Awesome. So
3: Interesting. There was an article
2: about you, and I'm going to ask you about that. Then we'll uh, ask you a little. Uh, uh, I know, I know you can't uh, name your family members by name. Okay. Did we, we, we saw, lose you again, I Icon? On,
3: okay, there we go.
2: Yeah, there was an there was an article <laughs> I saw on the internet about you, and it said that uh, you're looking to follow. A
4: Cut out again.
3: That's yes, he cut that. out again. Cos, what's up with you? You keep cutting out, buddy.
2: All right, let's try this. Now, I don't know what you heard, but I'll just ask the question again. There was an article on the Internet that I saw about you, and it said that you're looking to follow in your father's footsteps. Now, we would like you to confirm or deny that and let us know if they had used your name and your information without your permission in this article. That is
4: a, a strong no. Um, I, uh, I'm not sure where that information was pulled from maybe from Chandler and I's previous interview. I, I might not have made that very clear. Uh, no, <laughs> that's a deny. Uh, I do not have any plan to join the WWE or, or follow in, uh, in dad's footsteps. Um, I'm definitely focused on my own path. Um, that's not who I am. That's not my passion. So, uh, I will not be uh, stepping into uh, <laughs> um, stepping into the shadows, if you will. But no, nah, that is a no. Okay,
2: and I was kind of I was kind of curious about that because you know you mentioned you're a video game programmer, and I don't remember anywhere in your father's resume that he was into designing video games. Uh, if that's what they meant, which would be really interesting. Now, yeah. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll mention this, if uh, we can mention his name. Uh, your father, of course, is Mark Calloway, uh, who everybody knows his ring name. But my favorite persona of your father, well, of course, was when he was the American badass, which was really, really cool back in the yeah. Attitude Era. My question to you is, being the son of a legend, what is that like? Uh, Being the son of a legend
4: Surreal Um, It is It is a charmed life for sure And um, Yeah I I have met so many Genuine and passionate people uh, In my short 25 years Um, Not even in, in the business Just people who Respected him Still respect him so much and um, so many people have approached me out of respect and nothing more than just a chance to say thank you indirectly to me. Um, it's such an incredible community. And, um, you know, of course there's uh, ups and downs to all of it. And, you know, none of it was my choice, but um, you know, what a life. I mean, just like I said, you, you, I don't think I would have met as many awesome and interesting and uh passionate people otherwise and it's been it's been great um all things considered
2: (laughs) uh gutter calloway is our guest here we have 23 minutes here or so left with you now as as uh being uh a son in the business you know we all know that uh you know you're Uh, the road schedule of a professional wrestler is just unbearable for some and unbelievable. Having that as uh, having your father in the business, what kind of, uh, how often did you see your, your, your father when he was wrestling full time?
4: Yeah. Um, you're very right. Um it's it's a rigorous schedule and I mean they go all over the map. So as a kid, I, I'd probably say I mean it'd probably be every week or every other week,
0: you know, he'd come home,
4: he'd recuperate, he'd rest, um more than anything rest. Um but we'd still have time to go out and, and you know, do some family events. Um but it was it was it was scarce there for a while and it was really I think that was of his career where he was just on it, you know, every weekend and Monday nights and just go, 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 you know, all over the globe. Um, Yeah. It was, uh, it was, I'd probably say, yeah, within about a week or two, I would probably see him and and get to check in. And um, of course, you know, my, my parents split up when I was really young. So um, beyond that, I kind of made the time myself. And then he and I made time to, you know, set aside for both of us and the catch up and everything. But um yeah, it was
2: it was hard for a little while. Now did you ever get to uh travel uh on the road with uh your father? Oh yeah.
4: Yeah. Um a couple times uh got to go out and um hit some of the shows. I think the very last one that I was um I was present for was the one um that was in Texas, the last WrestleMania, I think that was two WrestleMania's ago. Uh, back in 2016. Yeah. What do you lost? 20, 2017. Yeah, yeah.
1: Icon, I we know. do have a caller on the line too. I don't know if it's our next guest waiting or if it's a random caller who has a question, uh, but I'm going to put him through real quick coach? and see. 431? It's Jordan coach? Garber.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Jordan Garber. Okay.
1: Oh, well, uh, well then Jordan, there we go.
2: Do you have a question for our guest?
1: Oh, absolutely, I do um kind of looking at the mindset of uh you know we all talk uh, we all, obviously everyone wants to ask you like wrestling questions and stuff like that but is there anything like outside the business that because everyone talks to you about that is there anything other industry that you find fascinating that and that you really enjoy a lot or has it always been wrestling that appealed to you are there any other industries there any other leaves that you have that make you say wow as well or has wrestling always had the most passion for you
4: well um as a kid wrestling was huge and you know i i compare it to you know your 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 dad is like a superhero he beats people up for a living you know what what, what more could you ask for um as, as i got older i, I found my own interests and in kind of you know you're a teenager and, and you want to you want to be independent so um i took to video games that was that was my outlet and i <clears> was just so fascinated by worlds that people could create and just, you know, be able to tap in and just disconnect and, and go on your own adventure. And that has been probably one of my strongest um, intrigues. And, and, and basically, I I went to school, I got my education for the video game industry, I got a bachelor's in video game art, um, as an artist, and that's currently what I'm pursuing is, is a career in that industry. Um, and like I said, it's always, ever since I was probably 12 or 13, I've just been so captivated by it and all of the creative minds and talented people that, that go into making games and those kind of, you know, triple A titles. Are you more into like
1: RPGs or like strategy
4: games or what kind of appeals the most to you? For sure. Um, role-playing RPGs uh, is just, you know, (laughs) most of, uh, my experience is just kind of build your own character and get out in the world and make it your own kind of deal. Um, I have played some more of like competitive games recently, um, but definitely a classic RPG, RPG gamer. (laughs) Awesome. Well,
1: thanks for answering my questions. I hope you guys have a great rest of your night and thanks for letting me call in again, Icon.
2: Thanks, George. You have a good night and we'll talk to you later this week. You too, brother. So Gunner, Um, As a video game designer, you know, do you have uh, ideas for games that that you want to develop now? Do you have any in the works that you can kind of give us a preview about? Oh, yeah,
4: all the time. (laughs) Um, I've got tons and tons of ideas
2: just on backlog.
4: Um, I am currently working on a project right now with uh, a good friend of mine. Um, We're we're trying to make it the most accessible that we can, meaning uh, probably a mobile platform. Um, but, um, it, it would be a, um, I guess the general gist of it is a, uh, it, it is a, 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 basically a side-scrolling platforming puzzle game. So you're solving puzzles to try and progress in levels. And, uh, it's very kind of classic, um, think of more of, um, like Super Mario World meets, um, kind of, uh, what, what is it? Um, spot, like, it's kind of like the spot the difference games, like where you could, you know, try and figure out where things aren't matching, um, solving and getting keys for different doors. And um, it's very early stages, but um, we're, we're working on that right now. Um, I'm the primary artist, and he is the, uh, the programmer uh, dealing with the code. So working on that. And then, of course, just drafting content, um, ideas, illustrations for other games in the future. Yeah.
2: And if you happen to need the name of a good character for your game, I think the icon would be perfect for that. And then you can use you got my it. image, you can use my face.
4: <laughs> yeah. Just uh yeah, drop you in there and uh yeah man, that that uh you got it. I'll definitely make a uh icon um uh, icon tribute.
2: That way uh the, the people that like me will keep me alive and the people that don't like me can kill me off right away.
4: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> so Gunnar uh, Gunnar um, Cowboy is our guest We have 15 minutes here with you uh, I had sent you a script uh, For uh, a little liner That we're going to have you do We're going to take care of that now And then I'm going to ask you the tougher question. Sure Okay so I'll count you number five And then we'll do that And then uh, we'll continue uh, Are you ready? I am ready Alright here we go Five Four,
4: three, two, one. Hey, this is Gunner Vincent Calloway. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host of the icon, the Big Swing and Granny Hulkster.
2: Awesome.
3: That was great. Now, <laughs>
2: I was kind of curious about your uh, your your middle name. Is that any homage to the president of the the federation?
4: um vincent as far as my understanding um my uh my my mom kind of got uh first picks on the name (laughs) understandably but um vincent is um so there was the you're familiar with disney's beauty and the beast yes Uh, Mm -hmm. the i believe there was a live action uh, a while ago not the most recent one but um a live action adaptation or uh, possibly a recording where the main voice of beast, I, I think the, the, the guy's name was Vincent. And my mom was obsessed with him uh, to say the least. And uh, she exclaims that that was the, the inspiration behind my, my middle name was for, for Vincent.
2: Well, that's really cool. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Granny, uh, I'm sure you have a question for our guest. So go ahead.
3: You know, it seems like everybody covered the questions that I want to ask. However, I did want to let him know that I'm not a wrestler, just so you know. I'm just a huge fan of the business, and your father has always been one of my favorite wrestlers throughout the years. I mean, I've always been a big fan of, of him, and – um I just guess um it just my my son would enjoy listening to this interview because even though my son's 31 years old he likes to do video games still so he would really enjoy this interview. I I don't do much video games but I think it's amazing what you're trying to uh, do with your life and you know create the video games I mean so I mean is there any other kind of particular video games you might be thinking about doing in the future other than what you're working on right now or
4: yeah um i mean just as a a very broad um topic you know i like i said i've always enjoyed <clears throat> games that allow the player to explore endlessly you know there there is a story there is a path there is you know a set of, of guidelines and quests you know that you can go and pursue but any game that really just is open to the character and and you can make it your own. And where, you know, I have so many stories of playing games with my friends and and we all play the same game, but we have wildly different experiences and, and so unique um, when we play it. I feel like, you know, games that immerse people are, are, are really important. And, and it's, it's noteworthy when a game, allows you to kind of step away and, and and take up the controller and not just, you know, enjoy and relax, but also just get whisked away. The same as uh you know, reading a good book or watching a good movie. You know, a good video game can captivate you for weeks if you let it. But I yeah. really want I want to make a game like that and something that not only captivates and immerses a player but allows them to explore and discover and make it an experience specifically tailored to them. Um, I've
3: always kind, kind, of like, this kind of like use their own creativity with what they're doing with it kind of like I mean use
4: Precisely. their imagination
3: I guess so
4: yeah so a, a, a form a medium that, that allows a character <laughs> or a player to tap into that creativity and just have a blast. I mean, more than anything, that's games awesome. are supposed to be fun. So that's, that's what I would like to achieve.
3: Um, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: One thing I was curious about, uh, you know, with, uh, with your, uh, father, did he ever bring any coworkers home? Um,
4: home, I mean, they would be traveling a lot together and, and, you know, they, they kind of all meet up before and after, um, just from the stories that I've heard, bringing them home, uh, I don't have any immediate memory. Um, I feel like it would have been really, really early on in his career um, when I was probably too young to remember. Um, But my mom and dad both have told me several hilarious stories about, uh, you know, people coming over after, you know, a a long tour or coming back from being overseas. And uh, I I myself, like I said, I, I don't remember See any of those uh any of his coworkers at home um, but uh <laughs> many many tales have been recounted for sure
2: and I'm sure you've been asked uh, this question a lot like when you were a kid you you know you always had birthday parties and stuff and and uh you know your father being your father and uh, you invited your friends over to your birthday party or friends for sleepovers or whatever did uh, any of them see your your father and say, you, you, do you know who that is? Or your dad is him? Or you, you know, the this guy is in your living room. Did you ever have any experiences like that?
4: <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah, some people,
4: of course, they're awestruck, and especially as kids, you know, you you would never think to see this big menacing guy on on the television. To, you know, go over to somebody's house and there he is just hanging out, watching TV and his shorts and a, and a tee. Uh, but yeah, I actually, I remember one day, um, he picked me up from school and, uh, and I mean, not even minutes of him arriving, there was just a, a flood of children to the door and they were all peeking out of the window and everything. And then I kind of parted the <laughs> sea and they were just all just like, is that, is that him? Is it really him? Uh, just freaking out and I, I was loving it. I'll admit it. I was, I was talk of the town there for a little while. Uh, but yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's funny and in some ways makes me a little nervous uh, when people kind of lose themselves and they get a little bit scar struck. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's very raw. It's very pure. Uh, but yeah, it, it has happened a couple of times.
2: Well, you know, I you know I think would have been really cool, and I don't know if this happened. Maybe you can tell if it did or not, or if I'm off base. Like, but like, you know, I I I'm, I know you were, you know, you are a good kid in school. You didn't really cause any trouble, I'm sure. I'm I'm assuming this, but you know, it's like, did your teachers ever send notes home to your parents to have your your dad sign sign the note saying that you know your son got an A and. I wanted you to see this and you got to sign this note to show that your son showed, did that ever happen?
4: (laughs) No, no, um, no uh, abuse of power there. Um, And and honestly, what was so funny about growing up was, um, you know, it it was my mom and I for the longest time. So, um, you know, dad was still traveling a lot. And so my mom picked me up from work. She was at the teacher parent teacher conferences and they were all much more familiar with my mom. More so than my dad. I'm sure they were all made aware very early on, and and a couple teachers pried a little bit and, and just asked more information about it, but <laughs> no one was kind of trying to sneak autographs or or anything like that. No no subterfuge or anything uh, <laughs> in the in my in my education.
2: So at school, you never said uh, like, uh, do you want to know who my dad is? I never did
4: that. <laughs> No, uh, because my mom was closer, and she would put a lot more hurting down on you than dad ever could. I, I always swore by that, and that seemed to have the same effect, funny enough.
2: You know, and I think it would be, you know, I think it would like, really awesome, like, uh, going to your house, like, for, I, may, maybe you can tell us this ever happened, too, like, like at Halloween time, you know, a kid, kids come to the door, and your your father answers the door, and they go,
3: <laughs> they'd be they wouldn't be so, they would be able to talk they'd be in shock <laughs> yeah they
4: forget they'd forget they were there for <laughs> they'd just be trying, to <laughs> trying to figure they'd out probably
3: how be how af- they'd probably be afraid to ask for candy especially if he dressed in his you know his long coat and his big hat and they'd, probably yeah, they'd be, scared they'd be to giving him candy to just so they could get candy. out of there <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> they'd say I, I, we I don't know. want to come here <laughs>
3: Because I know myself, I'd be pissing my pants
2: if he came to the door, you know <laughs> especially
3: especially dressed like in his long coat and his big hat, you know, I mean, my goodness, you're I mean, long, you know,
2: so let me ask you this in the wrestling business uh and Calloway is our guest, we have five minutes here left with him uh you know we we know who your father is, we know that he was he's obviously your hero but is there any other individual in the business that you, that you really enjoyed that you got to meet that was really
4: cool? Oh man. I mean, uh, I I talked about it with Chandler, um, as well, but, um, just everybody there has always been so humble and, and so just giving of their time. Um, probably some of my, my favorite, other people uh, that, that I, I got to meet and, and spend a little bit of time with while I was backstage, um, Big Show is a big kid. I mean, he is just such a funny, charismatic. Just you know, I mean, his you know his size alone, he he, he takes up the room. But uh, just his presence, his his aura, just goes beyond that. And um, we actually played Call of Duty together one time, which was amazing. Did he ever pick you and, up? Yet? like physically? Yeah. I'm sure he did, yeah. When I was, when I was really young, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not so much now, that'd be kind of kind of weird, but um no, yeah, Big Show was great. Um I always was enthralled by uh Rey Mysterio and just some of the oh, yeah. acrobatics that he could he could do in between the ropes and on that stage. I mean, just a true athlete through and through. I I always enjoyed watching his matches specifically. Um, And then, uh, oh, Paul, Triple H, Um, great guy. I mean, just could not have had more respect for somebody trying to beat my dad's head in with a sledgehammer. I mean, just (laughs) such a genuinely good guy. So he's a
2: complete polar opposite than what he plays then.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, just like, just, I mean, just so warm and kind and just, Again, just charisma for days, and is uh, even you know, just simple things like he would recognize me and he would you know call me up by name and he's like, hey, how you doing? How you been? How's your mom? Like just remembered me and not just you know trying to get in with dad and get on his good side. They've been you know working together for years. He just genuinely, genuinely is a good guy and always like always like catching up with him.
2: It's pretty hey, awesome. You know, I have uh, I I have one. Quick memory I want to share with you about your, your father. Uh sure. it was the first it was the first event here at the Fargo Dome. And uh, your your dad was taking on nails here. Of course, this was uh shortly before Nails got fired, but your father <laughs> comes to the ring and this is when he was doing the whole smoke thing and everything, and he comes down with brother bearer, you know. And yeah. uh he I'm sitting ringside and he looks he, as he's coming around the corner. He looks right at me and he, he, he stares right into my eyes. He he comes like right up to my face. Like I'm like nose to nose. And you know, I was, I was cheering for your father, of course. And he, he like, he like comes like right up to me. It's like face to face. And then he puts his hand out and I touch his hand and he, he puts his hand up and he like does this, like from top to bottom thing. It's like, okay, I will sit down now. Awesome. You know, <laughs> you know, and my dad, my dad was next to me. It's like, Hey, Hey Scott, are you okay? It's like, no, I think the undertaker just told me to sit down. So I did. <laughs> and my father's like, speechless. and my father's like, well, how come you never listen to me when I tell you to sit down? I said, "You're not the Undertaker." Exactly. <laughs> and that's that's one of the that's one of, that's the that's really one of my uh, I had a couple uh, in, interactions with your father, but that was my favorite one because it scared me to death. You know, I believe it. <laughs> well,
3: with that, with the look in his eyes that he looks at people when he rolls those eyes like he does, even to this day, it still gives me the willies that I've seen him for years. <laughs> but it's a, you know, but oh, but yeah, I, I've always been a huge fan of your dad's. I mean, I I love to watch wrestling, and that's kind of where I got the nickname that I have. You know, because I I never thought. I actually got it from a co former coworker because I love wrestling. My husband, and my son, we all love wrestling. And you mentioned Rey Mysterio. My son when he got his first dog from the animal shelter, it was a Chihuahua mix and he named him Mysterio after Rey Mysterio. Oh, wow. But I got I got a funny story to share with you about your dad. My friend gave my son a water bottle we have about two that look, okay, that looked like a, a that looked like your dad, the undertaker. And when he first got Mysterio, it was sitting on the table, and that little dog ran up to it, and he perked up his ears, and he looked at that water bottle, and he started growling at it, <laughs> like, this is my house, <laughs> you
4: <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the dog, well, it, dog uh, knows it's got to stand its ground.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. And real quick, Gunner, if our uh, if our fans want to keep uh, keep track of what you're doing, and uh uh do you have a Facebook? Do you have an Instagram? You got a Twitter, you got a YouTube, what do you got out there?
4: Yeah, man, right now uh, most of my work and then what I've been working on recently is on Instagram. Um you can follow me. It's um the Shogun and then gun. It's all one word, the Shogun Gun. Um that's where most of my artwork is. Um you can also find me on ArtStation, um, which is a, a big platform for most digital artists. Um some of my 3D work is on there from full sale. And that's just my name, just Gunnar Calloway. Um, I also have been um, – I'm looking to get back into uh, live streaming and doing some of my artwork and, and, and playing some of my favorite games again. You can find me on Twitch as well as the show Gun, Gun same spelling. Um, those are my, my, my biggest platforms.
2: All right. And then uh, what we'd like to do is we definitely want to have you back on again because uh, we do have more – if you want to come on, if we, uh, if we haven't scared you away – uh we'd love to have you come back on again especially like when you get your when you're about to have your first big game released uh you know using me as a character we want to get you back on and we want to plug that and uh maybe uh you could uh, send us like an autographed copy that we can give away to our listeners and
4: stuff Absolutely I would love to you y'all you have been great and uh and have uh, respected all my wishes I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to you guys
2: and I will keep in touch, and we do appreciate you taking time on your schedule, Gunner, and uh, go get that game. And uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. That,
4: hey, thanks, you'll be Gunner. the first to hear it. Thanks.
2: Awesome, Gunner Vincent Calloway, the showgun, ladies and gentlemen. Great individual. That was interesting. What did you guys think of that? I loved it.
1: That was awesome. But Icon, um, you know what else is going to be awesome?
2: yeah it was awesome.
1: I was yeah. No I said, you know what else is going to be awesome?
2: What's that okay.
1: All right can't she's thatched through. Alright, Icon, do your thing. I think you're about
3: to listen to the song. Stepping on the radio with Walking Style the I. He is <laughs> Jeff Starker, <Yeah>. ladies <laughs> and yeah. gentlemen, and here.
0: Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
2: Good. So what did you think of your
0: theme song? I love it. I love it. I think it's perfect.
2: <laughs> All right. Now, uh, for our fans here, uh, we're going to announce this right away. Uh, for uh, If anybody that's listening right now calls in, we have uh, a couple giveaways. Uh Deb has uh, given us uh, her lip print and an autograph that we are going to give away to one lucky listener tonight. And from now until February 15th, anybody that listens to this interview, whether it be live right now or on playback, four lucky listeners are going to win an autographed lip print of Debbie, and we will select four lucky winners. But you have to go to our page off the ropes on Facebook and like the page, and we will select four lucky winners, an autographed lip print of our guest right now. So that starts now and goes till February 15th, and that's what we're doing. And you also are probably the hottest gal on facebook that Aww. has ever been in history now
0: You're very sweet thank you
2: and what we want you to do is give us a little background about yourself i i i, I kind of went a little out of order because i'll admit i am i i'm just infatuated with you and i love you and it's great <laughs> but what i would like to do is have you give us a little background about yourself and
0: then we'll ask you the questions uh, you mean about my life or about what I do on the on the social media? Well, just you know your.
2: Happy birthday, by the way. Um, Thank you. You know, you know, just your name, how old you are, where you're from, how long you've been on Facebook, and then we'll ask you the questions about our despise for Facebook.
0: Okay. Well, my name is Deb Gardner, and today is my 60th birthday. And I've, been on, and I've been on Facebook about 11 years, but about five years ago is when I started um, posting the pictures. And that's when all the problems started with me and Facebook. Facebook does not like me. Of course, either does Instagram. Um, I've had a lot of problems with social media, but I've, I've hung in there because of people like you, Icon.
2: Awesome. And, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, Deb is a good friend of mine. Uh, she and she's definitely a breath of fresh air. Um,
0: <laughs> that was cute. And,
2: oh, I I, I think I, I I that's not what I meant. What I meant to say is she's a breath of fresh ass. No, that's not what I meant either. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Let, let's move on. Uh, now, Deb, we have. We have all had our issues with Facebook and we're we're gonna talk to you a little bit about that. Uh the one issue that we have will not let us change the name of our show page to Attitude or Live because they say it's offensive. Which that's I bullshit. find to be bogus. Yeah. Now that's crazy. tell us what they have done to you.
0: Well, let me see. I I started out, and I had a family account that I'd had for 11 years, and I started posting pics. And I guess I got um, a couple of women jealous, and they reported my account as a fake. Without even telling me, they deleted my account. And I had, like, 11 years of family pictures on there of everything. And I didn't know that you could just – You know, it's like you're being accused, but they don't come to you and say, are you real? They just deleted me, and I asked for a review, so everything was gone, and I kept trying to get back to get back, and they kept flagging my account and my pictures, so finally, I had to have a friend open up an account for me. I had that one, and then as soon as they saw I was back, I got recorded again, and they deleted that account, so this time... What I did is I have two separate accounts on there. One is my family account and one is the account that I post pictures with, but they're both in Facebook jail because I have a lot of haters. A lot of people, I guess, don't appreciate um, what I do, and, and so they report me, they report my pictures, and they put me in Facebook jail, which sucks. Because I can't post, I can't comment. I don't know if anybody's ever been in Facebook jail, but I think it's ridiculous because they don't give you an avenue to say, hey, there's nothing wrong with this picture. The one that they just flagged me for, it was a hand bra. Nothing was showing. I see women post pictures on there where their nipples are showing. Nothing happens to them. But for some reason, Facebook has it out for me, and they keep deleting my accounts or putting me in Facebook jail. So that's where I stand now with Facebook.
2: Now, Granny, have you ever yourself been in Facebook jail?
3: No, I haven't. And uh, has anybody you.
2: ever? <laughs> now, well, Granny. Then I'm. Then we'll. Uh, then then we'll uh, ask you a few other. We'll ask you some more questions, but. Uh, Granny, did you ever think of like starting like a Granny Hulkster page and see if you could? Well, uh... I
3: actually, I actually, at one time did have a Granny Hulkster page separate from my personal page, but it just got so much to keep up with both pages. I actually deleted my Granny Hulkster page, and what I do, what I've done. On my personal page, I have the name Granny Hulkster in parentheses, and it's just, it's a lot easier to keep up with one page. I mean, um, you know, I have more time on my hands now since I don't work anymore, you know, due to my health issues, but I mean, most of my friends on Facebook are through the wrestling world. You know, I have my personal friends that are non-wrestling, you know, my non-wrestling family, you know, and everything, but... I have a variety of of friends, you know, on there and everything, but I I decided it would be just so much easier to keep, just to have one page instead of two. But yeah, I did have a a Granny Hulkster page for a short time separate from my personal page. And
2: I myself, Deb, have been on Facebook jail myself, and they actually put me on Facebook jail not because of something I posted, but... Uh, apparently I had sent too many friends requests to people I knew and they thought I was uh, being facetious with my friends requests and everybody I sent a request to, I, I, I knew, but they didn't care. And of course, none of my friends that I sent uh, uh requests to came to my defense. You know, they just kind of <laughs> hung me out to dry. So,
0: so you're, you are You've been on Facebook jail. How many times would you say? Oh my gosh! Dude, the whole time I've been posting, probably twenty times. And At every least.
2: time that you're on Facebook jail, they they like start out for like a, a couple days or like twenty four hours, and it increases. Correct.
0: Right. The first time it's one day. The second time it's three days. The third time it's seven days, and the fourth time it's thirty days. So to show you, just the two accounts I have are both in 30 days, which means they've both been flagged four times. And the one account I've only had like two months, and they've already got me four times. So, but but there's nothing wrong with the pics, and and I try to tell them that I ask for a review, and then they come back, and you just, you know, you can never talk to a live person on Facebook. Everything is by email, No, you can't. And that's if they want to get back to you. So I think it's ridiculous that they have a monopoly on the social media market because, you know, they bought Instagram, too. And since they bought Instagram, Instagram is getting just as bad because it used to be where I could post my more racier pictures on Instagram. But now even Instagram deleted two of my accounts. I was at like 36,000 followers. And so I'm starting all over again. And then they deleted my main account and they deleted my backup account. So I just got back on Instagram like a month ago. So I've had problems with both of those social media platforms. Now, you
2: also, and we'll, we'll have you pitch this a little bit, you also, uh, if, it's, if it has been deleted, uh, you also have a, um, a fan page of sorts, don't you?
0: No, my fan page got deleted too. I had the a fan Pleasure Dolls page, page got deleted? No, uh, it used to be called um, Deb Sarden. And that had like about seven to eight thousand members, and when they deleted my other profiles, that got deleted. The page I have now, the Deb's Palace of Pleasures, is not so much a fan page, but I want to open it up, and I have opened it up to all women who um, especially us older women who want to still feel sexy and want you know to post pictures. I've given them that avenue on my page or that are just starting out and I try to, you know, help them out, encourage them. Because for a lot of women, it's a self-esteem booster. Maybe they don't get any attention or, you know, their significant other never tells them they're pretty. So they can go on my page and they can post and they get all this feedback. And it, it's a one woman said it's been very good for her self-esteem. So that's kind of how I look at this page. Not so much a fan page, but... A page for all women who
2: want to post. Hey, Granny, would you want uh, you should post on there?
3: Well, I <laughs> I don't on, do Grady, much on I'll Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'll... you know, I don't do much on Facebook. I mean, I do occasional stuff on Facebook, but I I I don't do I don't do much on Facebook. I mean,
0: I can do. Well, I'll, have to, I'll have to I'll, I'll have, have to
3: ch- I'll have to check that out. I'll have to look in, look into that.
2: Well, Granny, it wouldn't have to be a racy picture either. What you could do, Granny, it wouldn't have to be a racy picture. What you could do is, like, put a picture of you holding, like, a a folding chair or something and you're wearing your Granny Hall picture. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, you know, well, I I could actually maybe post it. If I could find that picture of me handcuffed to Richard Pierce at WFC earlier in the year, back in January, I might have to post that picture. (laughs) There you go. I'd love. Well, to Granny,
2: here's what I want you to do. I want you to find that picture, post it on her page, and then you can do like a caption, like, "Hey, Grannies can be kinky too."
3: <laughs> oh, you're mean, Icon. You are so mean.
2: <laughs> well. It, well, no, it wasn't mean, meant to be me, I just, you know, I think I know, you're, you're
3: I know, I know. I I get picked on all the time. I get teased so much by my husband. It's so it's so funny. I get teased so much by my husband. I mean, when we, my husband and I were dating, you know, he told me he says I only agitate you because I like you, and I said, well, baby, you must love me a lot because he teases <laughs> me so much. But that, if he didn't, I think that there was something wrong with him. So that's how my family
0: bought, is, Randy so i understand and, and you
3: that. and you'd probably give him a you'd probably
2: give him a chair shot too in the back of the head
3: no no, it's, no, i don't do that no okay because he, he, he's I, you know, good to me you know De, uh,
2: deb uh uh i'll give you a little background about uh you know
3: uh granny hoa
2: there you know she has uh, well actually granny once you uh uh deb Gardner's our guest, we have fifteen minutes here left with you
0: uh and then we'll
2: we'll uh, we get some more surprises, uh in the next fifteen minutes but uh Grady, tell uh tell deb story quick about your cane and that, and then i 'll make a comment about that
3: my cane well um i i i occasionally have to walk with a cane because i 've had knee replacement surgery, you know and everything but mm-hmm. um it he likes to tease me about my cane. He calls it the hurricane, which which it's not, He <laughs> it doesn't have a name, but you know, but yeah, I've had wrestlers. Um, matter of fact, Tommy Dreamer used my cane on Matt Riviera at a TCW show, the last TCW show that it, during the match. So, you know, my, my cane is very famous. I, I have a very famous cane.
0: <laughs> well, that's good to know. I'd love to see it.
2: And, uh. See the thing is uh with you know Granny's uh how long have you been married now, Granny? Uh
3: well I'll be married nine years next month on December nineteenth. But I've been and, with I've been with David who is my husband. I've been with him since I met him in nineteen ninety nine and we got together in two thousand three, so and,
2: and the thing is, uh Deb, if uh her husband misses their anniversary she uses the cane. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> don't believe him. I don't use a cane on him. I only or, use my cane on the bad guy wrestlers that I have to hit him with, you know, occasionally, but I don't even do that. How about the wrestlers there's gotta do some,
2: that? There, there's got to be some punishment if he misses the anniversary, like
3: my, well, my ex, no, you know. you know, my husband like is my very good to me, icon. He takes very good care of me. So I've been, you know, I was married for two and a half years with my first husband. I was divorced for 23 and a half years after an abusive marriage. And that man has been the best thing that has ever happened to me and my son. So, you know, and my son is 31 years old. And when we got married, we got married at some friend's house and my son gave me away at the wedding. And he actually started calling David dad. Two weeks before we got married, and he still to this day still calls him dad. So, you know, Aww. I'm very blessed. I am a very blessed woman to have such a wonderful husband.
2: Yes, see, see gals out. Here, here's me. Here's what happened to me. I missed our anniversary. My ex, which is probably why she's an ex now, but I said, Hey, honey, <laughs> what's for dinner? And she says, Fish sticks. I missed our anniversary again, didn't I? <laughs> That was how do you, my forget, your I got how
0: do you forget your well, anniversary icon Say that again How do you forget your anniversary?
2: Well, dates and stuff uh are are not my are not my strong suit when it comes to birthdays and anniversaries and i'll, I'll admit this uh birthdays and anniversaries and this and that uh are I have never been my strong suit, however my with my current uh fiance, bernadette who uh I plan on marrying here with uh the next year uh that's my goal anyway uh our anniversary is actually June third, and the thing is she and I met on uh dot I mean, it was just a perfect match. And our first date, I don't want to bore you with this real quick, but our first date, I took her to karaoke. And uh, I sang Bernadette by the Four Tops to her when I was on stage. And that's what what set it up, you know. So anyway, uh, enough of the mushy stuff. Let's get back to Deb. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, so, Deb, if you'd be – You know, this question is not too forward uh, because I know that our our single male listeners uh, would be curious about this, uh, and Mm -hmm. we know that you're married, uh, and Mm -hmm. uh, you know you have your husband, uh, which is which is fine. Which means I'm out of luck, but for Deb stuck with me. (laughs) But uh, for uh, we have we have a couple people tweeting in uh, the show, and they want to know what Deb's measurements are. If she'd be willing to tell us what
0: those are. Yes, my measurements are forty thirty two forty and i'm a thirty six double d and i'm five foot seven and what else and you're and you just turned sixty I just turned sixty today's my birthday actually
2: yes yeah. right and and uh you know I'm not just saying this because it's you everybody thinks i am trying to pander to the guests, but
3: you uh,
2: you and granny have the same situation you guys do not look your ages at all oh thank you well thank you icon i mean granny looks 30 deb looks like a teenager and i look <laughs> like well i don't want to say what i look like but anyway uh <laughs> so uh yeah i have a favor to ask you yes uh because uh our fans are loving this and uh we only have 13 minutes or so here with you. Uh, mm-hmm. Our fans are wondering if we can get you back on the show sooner than later, and Absolutely. Uh, they're wondering if we can get you to do like a, like a co-hosting capacity. Would you Would you be up to that? And uh, could you join us next week and be a co-host? Because we we want to get this uh, we want to get you in uh, as a co-host. Can you do that for us?
0: Absolutely, I'd be honored, Icon. Thank you. And uh, you had sent an item
2: uh, for us Mm -hmm. to give away, and uh, uh, and I did post it. It's an autographed uh, pair of your songs, but here's what I've decided. I'm keeping those Mm -hmm. for myself. I'm not giving those away.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what? Because you're going to do that. When I co-host, I'm going to give away something very special myself that day. Really? Um, Awesome. Yes. And I think your mail is worth I have
2: been foiled. I have been foiled. Yes, you,
0: so,
2: have, been. you hey, have been foiled. Yeah. So tune in next week. Uh, we're not going to. Uh, she's obviously not going to reveal what the giveaway is because I'll, I'll try and steal it. But uh, and we're not going <laughs> to tell you when she's going to give it away. So you're going to have to listen to the whole show. You can't do. She's not going to do it right away, obviously. So. You got to tune in next week. Uh she will be on with us the whole time and uh that'll be uh that'll be uh great. Uh so uh so tune in next week. Now uh Deb, I did send uh I I did send you a script, uh. Yeah. Uh and we're gonna go ahead and do that now. So I'm gonna count it out from five and then if okay. we have to do a couple things we'll do that and then we'll go from there. Ready? Five. All right. Four,
0: three, two, one. Hey, this is Deb Gardner, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster.
2: Awesome. And, uh,
0: awesome okay, job. Thank you. Thank
3: because you, Granny. Their names,
2: uh, because you said my name first, I can end up their names later. <laughs>
3: That's how you. He always it you. he always says that he always says that Deb, but he never really does it. He just I think he does it just to tease Big Swing and I. So you know. Hey, <laughs> that sounds like uh, him,
2: Granny. Yeah. Speaking of Big Swing, does he have any questions for our guest?
3: If he's, I don't know.
1: I mean, you guys covered a lot of it. Uh, I, w- I was listening to it while I was doing the uh, Monday Night Football broadcast, and uh, there's a lot of things that. You know, I'm not sure if you have ESP or something, but I was like, oh man, I was gonna ask that. So I, I mean, I, I was enjoying thoroughly listening to it. I, I think I'm good on this end. Though.
2: Okay, all right. You, you don't, you don't even want to blow or kiss or anything. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I,
1: I, I will, sure. I just don't know if you'll hear it, but yes, I will.
2: Okay, oh. perfect. There you go. See now, see now. Yeah, I'm not have... gonna
1: like lick the oh. microphone.
2: <laughs> okay, well, it's it's perfectly okay to do that, uh, you know. So Deb, uh, if mm-hmm. uh, our fans wanted to check you out when you're not in Facebook jail, how can they find you? Do you have an Instagram? I already know you have a Facebook. I'll still tell you can still tell us what it is. Do you have a Facebook. Do you have an Instagram. Do you got a Twitter. Do you got a YouTube. What do you got?
0: Um, I do have, even though I'm in Facebook jail, they can still go to my group. And they can still see, because I post, plus we have lots of beautiful, sexy women on there. And my Facebook group is called Debs, D-E-B, apostrophe S, Palace of Pleasures. And it's like a big, happy family. We all interact. We have a great time. And I'm also on Instagram as Debbie Gardner Insta. And that's D-E-B-I-G-A-R-D-N-E-R i-n-s-t-a and i have uh those and my instagram has the more racier pics that are not facebook friendly but we have some great women on there beautiful women all ages um we have redheads we have brunettes blondes whatever your pleasure guys we have them on my page and they're just waiting for you to come and interact with them so come and see us
2: and also uh Are you going to be doing any, uh, Instagram live uh, stuff in the future? Maybe next week when you're hosting with us, you can do the Instagram live thing. If that, if we can make that work that out, or, uh, if, uh, uh, do you still do that once a week?
0: Yes, I do Instagram live and I have done, I won't be able to do Facebook live, but I do an Instagram live and, and the guys really like it. We interact. You can ask me questions. Um, you know they get to vote on what I wear. I wear different lingerie for it. maybe I'll wear some lingerie that's appropriate for next week for the for the live program and
2: uh and also uh guys that are listening uh Deb is is a very beautiful wonderful individual. when you're on her 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 live feed, don't say. Flash your nipples! Don't do that. You know, she she's uh, she's she's too nice of a person. For one second. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I tried to. I uh, had a cough I mean, Sorry about can that. You be sexy uh, and classy.
2: You know, don't be asking her to show her 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 bare breasts. She doesn't do that stuff. N- none of that stuff. You must be respectful. And also, uh, Deb, is it true? that if gals want to post on your palace of pleasure, if any uh, male or female is disrespectful to those posting, you bounce them. Is that correct?
0: That's absolutely correct, Icon. My page is one that I wanted to have where women could post and men wouldn't be rude or disrespectful. All the guys that follow me know that that's my number one rule. We're classy. And we want respect. We're mothers, we're grandmothers, we're daughters, we're sisters. And anybody, if the female hates on another female, she's gone. If a male says anything rude or disrespectful, they're gone. We give you one warning. And also, we don't want them to send them um, messages or friend requests unless they ask. Sometimes the ladies get bombarded with, like, thousands. And I want them to feel free to post where they can be accepted and loved and where they won't be harassed. So that's what um, I'm all about, ICON, just helping other women to embrace their sexuality. My, my motto is sexy is a state of mind. It's not an age, a shape, or a size. Anybody is sexy. You don't have to be a size four, and you don't have to be a certain height. Sexy is, like I said, I want women to encourage them, no matter what's your shape, you can be sexy in lingerie. There's all different types, and I'm sure your guys would love for you to wear it. And it's just a matter of, you know, women getting used to that and getting comfortable with it. So that's kind of what I want my page to do too, help women get comfortable with their bodies. You know,
2: and uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I'm sure you've heard about it, the way she described it, it's kind of like that song, I'm all about the bass, no treble.
0: hmm <laughs> Yep, I it. I'm
2: sure you're I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're familiar about that so, with that song, right, Deb? Yep.
0: Yes. Yes. By Megan Trainer. Yes. Yes, I love that song.
2: Yes. And so guys, uh you can go check out the page. You must be respectful. If you're not, you're done. Ladies post, you don't have to worry about being harassed. So that's why I would love to see granny post at least one picture on there and then granny you'll feel the compliments you get
0: she'll get tons and you know a lot of you don't have to post um with lingerie we have women posting clothes just their faces it's you know it's, it's if you want to post in lingerie you can but it's not a necessity it's just whatever you're comfortable with we have women post like i say fully clothed just their face and you know just to get it out there
2: and then uh real quick here uh, then we'll wrap this up. Uh, and every month, don't you have a little contest uh, for the uh, the cover of the page?
0: Yes, because I want to go ahead and showcase the beautiful women that we have on our site. Once a month, we have a contest where all the male, well, female and male members get to vote on the pictures. But I'm actually changing that. After the first of the year, I'm going to have it weekly. So this way, every female on my site, on my page, gets a chance to be on the cover. And if you win, you have to sit out two weeks to give somebody else a chance. And this way, I want to, to showcase every beautiful woman on our page. I want them to be a cover at least once. So, it means guys, you have to vote, and ladies, you have to post.
2: So, there there you go, Granny. You could be the cover girl for a week. (laughs) Oh, joy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Granny. I'd love to see you post on the page.
3: Well, I'll have to research that page and check into that. All right. Well, Deb, (laughs) we appreciate you taking time
2: out of your schedule, and uh, we will, uh, uh, since you're going to call us with us, Make sure you call in about 9:50 uh, p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, and we'll uh, we'll get everything set. And uh, Since uh, you're going to do your uh, own giveaway, because I'm keeping the giveaway that we we're supposed to give away.
0: Uh, I'll say hello the two and listen. Well, thanks for having me. It was good to talk to you, my room awesome. and Granny Holster. Really nice. Thank you. Thanks, Deb. Have a great night. You too. Awesome, Deb Gardner, ladies and gentlemen.
2: The Princess of Facebook Jail. <laughs> that was <laughs> that good. So our our next guest uh, should be called in here shortly. Uh, what's that?
3: Did Jared, you say big swing.
2: I can't wait. Well, I'm here. Is he is he up?
1: I am here. Uh, yes.
2: All right. Well, passes it on. Yes.
1: All right, give me one second here. Where is
2: it
3: right?
1: Bada bing, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: our (coughs) first combatant of the night, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. This man is the greatest host in the history of Nickelodeon ever. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the master of Nick Arcade. He is Phil Moore. Hey, Phil, da da, da 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 da! You never say, "Master," to a black man. <laughs> how are you, Phil? Good to have you. What's up, Scott? How How you doing? Good. Hey, uh, real quick here. Now that I've introduced you, we'll have you kind of give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll ask you the tough questions. Oh, okay. Um, my name's Phil Moore. I hosted a show back in the 90s on Nickelodeon called Nick Arcade Video Game Show. At the time, it was state-of-the-art, you know, because it did the whole uh, kind of putting kids inside of a video game. It used green screen, but it also had some brand-new technology that was invented just for the show. Um, Ran for a couple of seasons and then spun off into tours. And the next thing I know, I was going to figure it out. We were doing big helps. And Nick takes over your school. And 10 years of Nickelodeon, uh, hey, they bought me a car and a house. Thank you very much. Awesome. So basically, uh, uh, you're, you're enjoying the house and the car that uh, your fans bought you. Actually, no. That was like years ago. I bought the, I bought the house. Oh. I bought the car. <laughs> Nickelodeon paid <laughs> the bill. Tom Lorenzo wrote the check. So uh, I love I love the fans, but the fans were like ten years old. They didn't buy anything. <laughs> now I was kind of curious with the with the video game uh, segment uh, where they had to go into uh, the little uh, smoke room, whatever you want to call yeah well now, they it, called it, the videos out. the videos not those, what I want that was, to call it is what they called it <laughs> and that was all green screen they They couldn't see anything, only the audience could see what what they didn't see what we saw. Is that correct? right they they could see them well, actually, yeah, they saw themselves. they actually did see themselves, but they had to look at monitors. think about it. It's, it's kind of like what your local weather person does when they're telling you the weather. You know, they're standing in front of a green screen. There's nothing there. But they're looking off to the side or looking in front of them or somewhere within their eyeshot of a monitor. And on the monitor, they see themselves with the temperatures and the highs and the lows and a map of the state and stuff. And that where, that's how they know where to point their hand. But that's all they're doing. They're just pointing. They, they cannot interact or make anything happen. Um, with respect to the weather map behind them. The trick behind Nick Arcade was um, the guys that created the show, James Bethea and Corinne Metteff, actually created, invented, and wrote a program that essentially tricked the computer into thinking that human beings were the computer mouse. You know, the same way you move, like, the mouse around and the arrow goes on something, you click on something, and boom, you know, you subscribe. Well, imagine if the mouse could move independently, enter human beings. You can move independently. And when you got your hand and your body in a certain spot, it would trigger stuff. And that was the trick behind it. That was the really creative and inventive part. Because green screens have been done since, you know, forever. But the idea of making it interactive, that was the beginning of sort of like where we are today. Now, with the show, how many uh, many auditions did you have and how many different people auditioned before they – uh, they wised up and said, we got to give it to this guy. Well, you yeah, know, I actually uh, auditioned, man. it was a, <laughs> That was the craziest part of the process. Um, normally, for like a lot of things, you know, other people who've been acting and hosting and stuff will tell you, you go in for the audition, they narrow it down, then you get a call back, maybe two callbacks, maybe like maybe a third or a fourth time, and that's <clears> about <throat> it. They brought me back in like seven times. It was, It got to be the point where, Right, when the phone would ring and I would see it was my agent, I almost didn't want to answer the phone because every time you just, like, either, either hire me or let me go because it was like, it was nerve-wracking every single time you went in. So I had the initial audition and I had six callbacks, a total of seven times of going in. And with respect to how many people, I never got an exact number, but over the years I I've eventually talked to the, the, you know, I'm friends with the guys that created the show. They said they saw an average of approximately 200 people between New York, L.A., Orlando. Um, I think they looked at some people in Texas and Chicago. Um, you know, but it said they saw approximately about 200 people um, before I finally ended up, you know, getting the gig. Get now, I was kind of curious, and we have uh, Phil Moore as our guest. We have 25 minutes here left with him. I was kind of curious, you know, they had, you know, when they would do the, the, the video game challenges, those obviously were not real video game, arcade game games. They, those were actual, like, Sega and whatnot, right, that they made to look like video arcade cabinets? Oh, you mean um, when they were playing the video challenges? Yes. Well, the, no, those were actual games. I mean, I mean they put them in... In, in actual, they, they took the actual games and put them in casings that fit the art design of the TV show. But behind that design that an original person made up was a Sega Genesis, was a Nintendo, was a Neo Geo. It was the actual game game. The, the, the two elements of gameplay that were not games you could go by were at the beginning of the show, um, in order to determine which team would go first, we'd have a face-off. Those were games that you couldn't buy. They were created just for the show. And then at the end of the show, the big bonus round was to go into the video game, or as you call it, that smoky room thing that went into. That's what they would do, and that was created just for the show. Um, but everything else in the middle, every other game, video game we would play, was a game you could go out and buy, or one of the coolest things, games you could eventually go out and buy. Because we would get prototypes on the show. So, like, we'd have Sega going, listen – we're not sure about whether or not we want to release this game. Would you put it on your show and we would see the response? And so, but they were for the most part games you ultimately could end up buying at your local store. The video challenge game. Okay, so now I have two trivia questions for you related to Dick Arcade. Okay. I've never I've never done this before, so I'm going to do it with you. We'll see if uh, see how, if you remember. What was the name of the character that uh, the contestants moved on the board? Mikey, the video adventurer. That, that's one for one. Now, here's the tough question. What were the four Ps? Points, puzzles, pop quizzes, and prizes. You said they were going to be hard. Are <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> okay, you're two for two. <laughs> now here's the third question. Who is uh-huh. your all time number who is your all time number one fan? Hmm. I would say it's probably the icon. <laughs> Jeez, I you know Darn, I, I, I tried to sub you but I couldn't. You got all three of them. You can't do it, man <laughs> Can't do it. Well let me ask you No, it's
0: too long. Now,
2: let me ask you this. When you yeah. when you were doing the show, did you ever get any uh any free game consoles or any free games at all What you were second you best were part of the thing? gig, bro. Hey, that was the second best part of the gig. Let me tell you something. Remember I said before how like the video game companies would sometimes give us prototypes to see how they do on the show. Let me tell you something. They would like, seriously, they would play up. To, I mean, there are days when I would just be, when we, on a day we're not shooting, I'm sitting at home, the doorbell rings. Hey, it's the FedEx man. And look. He's got a whole big crap load of Nintendo, and he said he would just bring in cartridges, the bazookas, the the, the new various, like, guns they wanted to have on the thing. They would bring in Sega games. They would bring in stuff that we never even put on the show, you know? They were always, like, trying to get – look, if we put that game on the show, they got themselves a free commercial every time the camera panned by. Every time somebody went to the video challenge, I had to say the games that were even up for option. And even if we'd already played it and the game was no longer eligible to be played, um, I would still have to say the game. So video game companies were always just really sending us stuff to let us, like, play with their stuff so that we could decide what we wanted on. And so it got to the point where season one, we, you know, not we, but the people that handled that particular part of the job and the show They would be asking, on their knees, begging and pleasing. Season two, trucks would just be rolling up to the house. Here you go, Phil. Take a look at this. And I got cool stuff. The show creators got cool stuff, executive producers. It was just like, yeah, it was was, was awesome. It was awesome. I, I had a video game console on every TV. As a matter of fact, I bought another TV to put in, like, my office just so we can cook up Yet another video game console. So every room you went in had at least one video game console hooked up to a TV in it. It was a great time. So how many different consoles do you own? How many consoles do you own? Now I only own like two. Now I have a PlayStation Four, and I have a um uh the what do you call the Nintendo uh Nintendo sixty four. Because uh, oh, okay. one of my favorite games on the planet is um is the Star Wars Rogue Squadron. That, is, that game is the bomb diggity. I went and bought a retro game just uh console just so I could play that game. You know, of course you could play other cool stuff on it too, like Star Fox and but but I mean the Star Wars Rogue Squadron, that game was the oh man, that game was awesome. I loved it so much. So I have that. Those are the only two I have right now. Yeah. okay. Real quick here, uh we're gonna we're gonna pause here real quick. Uh I sent you a script uh for a little longer that we're going to have you do. We're going to take care of that now. And then uh, we have about 30 minutes here left with you. Uh, we're going to take uh-huh. care of that now. Then I'm going to, I'm going to ask you the real tough question. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know about you. Your tough questions are kind of like, you know, Sesame Street level. You know, I think tough is all relative. Right? All right, we'll see what you got in your pocket Dan. We'll see what you got in your utility belt, Boy wonder. Okay, here we go. So we'll do the lighter, then we'll continue. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Phil Moore. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the Big swing, and granny holster. Awesome. So That was now, great. No, I <laughs> said I have tough questions, but I, I didn't I'm not gonna tell you when the tough questions are coming. You'll have to you'll have to kinda of wait. But, so, were you a gamer before the show, or did you become a gamer during the show, and then just continued it, or were you never really interested in the video games before the, um, before. Um, before the show? I was a casual you gamer before. Before the show, know, I was in college, and video games were relatively new. You would go to places like Showbiz Pizza, which was then bought out by Chuck E. Cheese's, but for a while you had Discovery Zones, you had Showbiz Pizza, you had Chuck E. Teases, you had and, and, and every mall had an arcade. So, you know, we were always playing. There was an area, like a, a common area uh, at, at college where there were games where we could play and stuff. Um, and then, before I got into like hosting Nick Arcade, I kind of, you know, I started adulting, you know. I finished school, got a job, met a girl, got married, and, uh, you know, had a kid. The next thing you know, I started like doing show business. Like, I I did an entire uh, total career paradigm shift, and everything that I went to Florida to start doing, I literally walked away from it to start doing stand-up comedy and eventually going out on auditions, which ultimately landed me the show. But, so, so when I was in college, man, we played games a lot, you know. We played, a, you know, a whole bunch. When I started adulting, you know how it is. You become a man or a woman of a certain age, and you've got responsibilities. You've got bills to pay. You've got a car note now. What? And so um, it kind of backed off a little bit. But, of course, once the show started, then it was an excuse. Like, it wasn't like an extracurricular activity. It was literally my job. So, (laughs) you know, worked out nice. Now, do you
3: still
2: do stand-up comedy? No, I haven't done stand-up comedy in a whole lot of years. Um, I live in California now. I moved to Los Angeles in 2001. And I think the last time that I did stand-up comedy, you know, I think the last time I did stand-up comedy was before Nick Arcade. That was the actual transition. You know, um, it was like Stand-up comedy, I enjoyed doing it, but it was sort of the gateway. It was the means to an end. You know, um, a lot of times when, you know, when you see people on sitcoms, uh, even today, um, the the, the scouts and the agents and whatever, they get seen by doing stand-up comedy. And I liked doing stand-up. I didn't want to – again, this wasn't a career I aspired to do. I went to school to do something entirely different and was doing it. Um, So when it came time to make this shift to do something different – um, I stepped into comedy because, well, that was the easiest thing to do while still keeping my day job. You know, you can go to do your day job. I mean, it wasn't a clean break. You know, I was smart about it. I didn't just throw everything out the window and go, I'm going to live off the land. No, I, you know, I kept my day job and did stand-up comedy on the weekends. And if there was a night gig, you know, some clubs would have Wednesday night, you know, open mic nights and stuff. So I was able to kind of do both until it finally became the full-time job. Um, so, um yeah, that's 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 kind of like how I got into doing it. Well, you know, uh, I had to put out a, a stand-up comedy album uh, a couple years ago, and it went aluminum.
0: Whoa! Wow!
2: <laughs> that's just one step up from plastic. So you're on your way, bro. <laughs> yeah, it, it it started out at triple plastic, then my mom bought a copy, then went aluminum. You know, mm-hmm. I you know mm-hmm. I I was used to, I used to end my shows like this. Don't drink and drive because you might spill it. And like the old lady said to the and Tom, thanks for looking in. So <laughs> Look, buy his album. It's got to go from aluminum. We need to let it go plastic, full plastic, y'all. It's got to go, no, it's already been plastic. We got to take it to the next level. We got to make it go styrofoam. That's it. Make it go styrofoam, everybody. Go out, download it, put it on iTunes. That's that, it's a hey, Christmas holidays are coming up, ladies and gentlemen, go out and buy the Icons album. Make it go styrofoam. Call it yeah, styrofoam, styrofoam or go home. Styrofoam or yeah. go home. Say, yeah, my goal is to at least get it to cuter. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cuter. Um, so how long have you been doing that? So, st- how long have you – did you do stand-up? Or are you still doing it? Uh, well, I actually – you know, I've been actually thinking of going, going, uh, about getting back into it. Uh, there's a, mm-hmm. uh, a comedy club that just opened in the basement of this bar here in my hometown. I'm thinking of doing some stand up comedy again, but we'll see how that goes.
0: I, yeah, I well, you know, for me,
2: it was like it was the perfect time. You know, the the late '80s, or they call it the '80s, the comedy boom, and I got into doing stand up around like 1987, 1988. So I did it toward the end of the 80s and then got the job to host Nick Arcade in 1990, um, shot the first season in 1990, began airing in 1991. Yes, it aired in 1991. Do not believe the Internet. If the audience thinks the Internet is real, then, you know what, they need to buy your styrofoam album. <laughs> because you know, so many people right. tell me, but on but the internet it says, I understand what the internet says, and I understand why you thought, but here we are at a convention, and I told you differently. But the internet said, okay, goodbye, Skippy. Uh, we started shooting in 1990, uh, toward the end of the year, and then the show premiered January 1991. And, um, and, that's what it, and the reason why I stopped doing stand-up, kind of going back to, original question was because the show, like shooting a TV show, we shot four shows a day, um, five days a week. And it took a whole heck of a lot of time. And, you know, as I said earlier, I recently got married and I had a toddler at home. So all of a sudden, all of the sort of things that you do to occupy your time and to have fun, um, well, the job really took all of that time. And when I went home, I wasn't going to sit around and like, I had a wife, hey, little child, we're not going to, bond together. I've got video games to play, and I want to go, you know, got to go out and do a club show. I already had a job. It was paying me decent money, and um, I wanted to spend time with the family. So that's why the stand-up comedy stopped once I got the show. It just took so much time. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It was great fun and great times, and the people that I worked with were fantastic, but it was time me, And so when I got home, um, I wasn't going to take a gig – that would turn around and have me go right back out that night to spend another three hours after working, you know, a 12-hour day in the studio. So we we have Phil Moore. Here's our guest. We have 23 minutes here left. Now, when you were filming the show, since it was a game show, it, 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 there was at, you obviously didn't do, like, double takes or retakes, right, because it was a game show, correct? No, no, no. We, there were times, you know, because the show was so um, technologically heavy, and the, at that time the technology was real new, there were plenty of opportunities for the tech to, like, fail us. I mean, there were plenty of times when somebody would move Mikey, and I'd go, all right, move Mikey to the right. And Mikey wouldn't move. <laughs> you know? Or Mikey would move and then land on the square and say, let's, let's see where Mikey's going. to," And nothing would happen. The Mikey would walk, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun and then nothing would happen. So we'd have to stop, and they'd have to do some little technical fix, and either they would just edit it correctly, and they would do it in real time. That's the thing. We would have to stop, but none of the stops or none of the um, uh, uh, takes that we'd have to redo affected the authenticity and fair gameplay of how the game was played. It was never at a point where, somebody was about to do something. Like, it's not like a game like a race game. It's not like, say, running the obstacle course, and if you stop, it's going to mess up the time. Or, you know, climbing the aggro crag racing against somebody, and if you stop, then who was where and, you know, makes it, you know, iffy on the fairness. It was always at a point where, you know, fairness was, you know, was still going to be the integrity of the show was still going to be there. Um, But, no, it happened quite a bit um, because of, again, the technology of the show. It wasn't always dependable because it was brand new. It was invented for the show. Now, the other question I had, now, when you're, when you would get done filming the show, you said you did four shows a day, five days a week, so that's 20 shows a week. Right. Did you, when the show aired, because you said it was a year later, did, as you're watching it, did you like, did you like, like, like flipping on to watch it with your wife and your, and your, your, your son or, did you, did you not care? Oh, when it first aired, dude, oh, my gosh, it was the first thing. Look, if Internet had been around and social media back then, oh, everybody would have known when the show was on because it was the first TV thing I had ever done. I mean, seriously, I had not been, you know, again, I keep going back to, I was one of these guys where this wasn't something that I was, you know, working toward all my life and it wasn't like something that I've been, you know, I had like a lot of, television and film time and all this stuff under my belt. This is like the first time that I could cut on the TV and see me on the TV. The, the the first day it aired, it was like that. You ever know, watch that movie, that thing you do when the song was on the radio for the first time? That was like right. me, man. That was me and my friends, man. You know, we were, you know, the phone was ringing while it was on. Did you know your show? I'm like, yes, I'm watching it. It was just like that thing you do, you know? So, Oh man, yeah. When it first aired, now when it was, I say a year, it wasn't like a full calendar year. Like we shot the first season in September ish of 1990, and the show began airing in January, so it wasn't like it was 12 months later. You know, it was, you know, it was just four months later. But it went from 1990 to 1991. So when I say a year, I just meant the calendar had flipped, and now we're into a new year when it started airing. And when you were watching the shows back, did you like, well, wait a minute, there's there's something edited and there's something missing. Did you you ever find that happening? No. Uh oh Because, you know, like I said, everything we did, even when we stopped, it was done in real time because it was a game show. When I say it was done in real time and it was done in a real place, the show actually required very little editing because... It's not like some shows where, like, say a sitcom where you've got three cameras, you've got a close-up on Bob, and then the wide shot, and then maybe you have an overhead shot, and then you've got a shot from behind, and let's reposition the camera so we can get it from this direction. Everything was done kind of like straight time. So even if I had to stop because there was a technical problem, if I said, um, move Mikey to the right, and Mikey didn't walk, the technical people would come over, they would fix it, and then the director would go, okay, let's try it again, three, two, one. go, let's move Mikey to the right, and then Mikey would go, da, 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 da. So from the editing standpoint, you just pick up where you left off so that by the time you edit it together, um, the only pieces that were missing, I never thought anything new that we didn't do, what, I, what would happen is I wouldn't see stuff that I know was there because we edited past it. You know, we added, you're not going to see me go move Mikey and Mikey doesn't move. You're going to see me say move Mikey, and then you're going to cut right to Mikey moving. That piece in the middle where Mikey didn't move, boom, never seen it. So it was actually the opposite of what you asked. I wouldn't see anything new. I would simply not see the stuff that didn't need to make it into the show. Now, uh, and then i got one more question. We'll let Granny ask a couple questions. All right, cool. When – When you – do you still have – or did the studio allow you to have copies of all the shows that you did?
0: Um, No,
2: I mean, I'm trying to think. I think that I got a few episodes, but it wasn't because I wanted to own the episodes. It was, like, because I knew, you know, what you have to do now, now that I've I've got a TV show, And now I'm starting to do a few other things as a result of having the cool TV show. Then you have to put together a reel, you know, something that – when you go out for that next job, when you're trying to get that next thing in between shows – you know, people want to take a look at your reel. And for those folks that don't know, it's really like a portfolio, a compilation of what you've done. So, you know, so let's say I did Nick Arcade, and then because of it, I got to do Nick Takes Over Your School, and they filmed that great. And then maybe because of that, I did a local commercial. So I got footage of stuff simply because I needed to edit it together to put together a good reel. Um, But I never really got, like, footage just because, hey, I want all the episodes of the show. Um, I think right now I actually only own maybe two episodes, and I think one is the episode where the last episode with Melissa Joan Hart and the cast from Clarissa explains it all. And um, I just recently got another episode with Joyce um, for a whole other reason because I was actually doing a project with them um, just last year, and so I actually got a episode, the episode of Nick Arcade when he was on as a contestant. Before in sync, and so so I think I owned two episodes, the Moses Jones, the last episode because that was sort of you know sentimental, um and um and then uh, the Joey Fatone episode, but yeah I mean it's not even the, the network wouldn't have let me have it, but you know it was rerunning a lot. It was almost like I could see it when I wanted if I wanted a copy, you know, all of a sudden a cousin or you know grandma wanted something, I could record it and then mail them a copy. You know it was on all the time for a very long time, so. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't bother to bug them about giving me a whole bunch of copies. And you know, and imagine if DVR would have been uh, going on back then. Imagine that.
3: So, oh man, maybe, yeah. what do you
2: got for our guest? Go ahead.
3: Well, I've actually just enjoyed listening to this interview. Um, You've pretty much kind of covered everything that I was thinking of. So, I've just really enjoyed. You know, my my, my son. My son's thirty-one years old. He would love have heard this interview tonight i tell you because he 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 has bipolar disorder so he's kind of like a big kid but you know he still Mm -hmm. watches like a lot of things on nickelodeon channel over the Uh years and i'm sure Mm -hmm. i'm sure um let's see, he was born in 87 so um that would have been about the time well he would have been like four or something when you were like Five. on T V or something like that. So
2: Yeah, my my son was born in eighty eight. He was three years old when we started, so I think your son must have been like around four. Um and yeah. it's funny because now now they're like the prime the, the thirty thirty to forty year olds are the prime people that come out when I make appearances now. So that's really interesting that so he you know what, your son is like right in that right spot. I mean I wish he was listening, um because he, he's right in there in that sweet spot Of nostalgia of the people who remember the show with these fond memories. They're all grown up, Mm -hmm. and they're all between the ages of thirty and forty. But may may I ask Mm -hmm. you a question, Granny Hawker? How do you get to hang out with this guy, the icon? (laughs) Well, I actually be a a part of this wonderfulness.
3: Well, I actually called in to their show several months ago because a good friend of mine. I like to watch independent wrestling, and I'm not a wrestler, but I'm just a fan of the sport, and uh, one of my wrestling, hes I'm not related to him in any way, shape, or form, but they're like family mm-hmm. to me. Um, his mm-hmm. wife was actually a guest on their show, and I called in to to listen to the show and to talk to Chelsea, and that's uh-huh. kind of where they asked me to be become a co-host of the show with them, so that's how I got involved with this show, you know, so
2: Well, well I, I I I love you having it on here. I love having hearing you on here too. You're like that foundation. You're that rock. You you probably keep you probably keep the icon in check with a little bit of normalcy Because he sounds like he's a crazy man.
3: <laughs> well I do my best. I do my best, so <laughs> Well I man, love I'll
2: guys. tell you what I'm my, uh, my, my reputation follows me. Yeah. Oh boy. Everything they call everything it you said is Everything you said is true. uh uh-huh. Well, I got to tell you, so, it's, it's, it's a great dynamic. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. So, so, so. so Joe, yeah. Uh, what, uh, what are you, what are you doing nowadays? Tell us about your current project that you're doing now. Uh, well, you know, I just, I've been doing a lot of producing. It's really weird. I came out to California and ended up trying to get a job out here at hosting. And I did on shows that you've never heard of. But but, um, unfortunately, of course, we all lived through the tragedy of 9-11. Industry came to a screeching halt. And so it was sort of like, what do I do now? Because, you know, the type of programming, no matter what it was, everything just kind of got put on the back burner. Um, But fortunately, a friend of mine uh, who was working at Fox uh, was into creating new shows, and he brought me on as a writer because, you know, my, yeah I can't turn my brain off. That's basically it. I talk in my sleep, I laugh in my sleep. I, I can't turn my brain off. And so he brought me in as a writer, and he, 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 he had done a couple things at Nickelodeon in the 90s. And so um, I started doing that out here, and recently I kind of found, fallen back into my first love which is game shows. Um, I produced a, on, on the NBC Universal channel for kids. They brought back the old show, Beat the Clock. It was a show that used to be on in the 60s and 70s. Well, it's back now, and I was one of the uh, main show producers for that show, and it was a TV show that uh, wasn't just adults like the original run of the show back in the 60s and 70s. They now brought on family. So if you take grandmas and kids and and, and uncles and, and their nieces and nephews and aunties and everybody, um, and you play these games to the ticking clock. So I was creating the games and helped invent the challenges of this show. And then most recently, you're talking about going all the way back to, to your roots, uh, and don't call me Kunta, uh, I just produced a new game show for Nickelodeon. And I know everybody is all excited because Double Dare is back, and it's doing awesome, my good buddy Mark Summers just wrapped up doing the Double Dare live tour with Rama Morella again, it's like, it's like deja vu. It's you know, like time has like, it's like limited it all over again. But there was a brand-new show that, we, that Nickelodeon is about to launch uh, at the beginning of 2019. It was created by Nickelodeon alumni Nick Cannon, and the show is called Drop That Seat. Um, so recently I kind of jumped back in to uh, game show stuff. I produced a show for Game Show Network called Let's Ask America. Uh, And when I say recently, I'm talking within the last two years, the war's back into game shows again. So I've been producing, I've been writing, and then with this whole nostalgia thing, and the very reason that you and I are talking right now, the reason why I'm so honored to be on the show is because this 90s nostalgia is big, and then because of that, um, you know, I've been invited out to, you know, Comic-Con, and gaming expos, I always go. It's kind of cool. I can dip my toe into both pools because some people just get invited out to the cons, some people get invited out to gaming expos. I get invited to both because my retro show was about video games, so I kind of get to do both. And so, um, so the last two years has been revisiting all of the things that I originally loved. Like I said, I didn't get into this business from like an early age. I wasn't studying or trying to be a part of this. And so when I jumped into it, I jumped into it, something that I loved doing. Started to get away from that when I moved out to L.A., but still producing. But, like, the last two years, being to go out and, like, watch now these 30- to 40-year-olds come up, bring their kids, they're watching old episodes on YouTube, we're talking about back in the day, doing panels, you know, just doing the whole thing and meeting the faces that grew up watching the show. Um, it's been humbling, I got to tell you. It's been humbling because I say there's no better fans than 90s Knicks fans. They are the ultimate best I've ever seen anywhere. So it's good to be back working with game shows, producing game shows again, and, uh, and also now, um, you know, enjoying the, the fruits of this nostalgia. It's been a blast. It's absolutely been a blast. Um, on a personal thing, um, aside from doing all of these other things for other networks, I've been shooting a show on my own, which I can't really talk much about, But it's got a nostalgic little twist to it, and I've been getting together with other people who were icons from the 90s. That's why I just worked recently with Joy Fatone from In Seek. I just worked with um, um, Mark Summers. I just worked with, uh, did an episode with um, Dante Bosco, who played Rufio on Hook, and also um, uh, uh, Donnie Jeffcoat, who was a host of Wild and Crazy Kids. So it's kind of like, tapping into it. I'm working right now on trying to get Walter Jones, a.k.a. the, the Black Power Ranger from the first season. But it's all about like the, it's all about the 90s and just uh, trying to do more stuff. So that's about as far as I can go. The show is really fresh. We're just shooting episodes right now um, until certain deals are in place. I can't really go too, too far into it. But um, man, oh man, like I said, uh, I, I talked to my other Nickelodeon colleagues like, like Mark Summers and Kurt Fogg and and uh, we all were scratching our head, going, "Man, whoever thought?" that – They say that you can't go back home. Oh, yes, you can, okay. and it's a blast because everybody's all grown up and they all understand what you're talking about. You know, it's, it's really it's been a lot of fun. Well, let, well, let me ask you this: with your with your current project, and here's the deal: I'd be willing to pay to get myself out there. I would love <laughs> to be involved in one of your episodes. I'll pay myself. I'll pay to get myself out there. You know, you just gotta. Make sure that someone picks me up at the airport and doesn't leave me there like uh, another sh- another show did. Uh, yeah. And I asked to, to come back home, but I would yeah. love to be. I would love to And here's the thing: and this is not an ego statement. A lot of our fans of the show will think it is, but everybody will know about it. I guarantee it. Oh
1: yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and I'm pumping the hell yeah. out of it too. Yeah.
2: yeah. All right, cool. Thanks, here. Well, <laughs> So real quick here, if our fans wanted yes. to uh, check you out, you got a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. What do you got? All right, I got I got it all, and I got to tell you, it's real recent. So when you look at it and go, "Hey man, where's all your," b-? I just literally got all of this up. Again, I've been I've been working in other areas, and this whole thing, this whole resurgence. I just caught up. I'm late to the party, kind of tardy, but don't hurt me, guys. Um, but I do have Instagram. My Instagram and my Twitter are both the same. It's Philmore for you. That's P-H-I-L-M-O-O-R-E. The number four and the letter U. Philmore for you. That's Instagram. That's Twitter. I also have a Facebook page, which is my name Phil, and then more. You can't miss it because the actual cover banner or whatever you call it looks like the set of Nick Arcade. And the little picture of me, well, the cover picture of me is actually the robot chicken version of me because Seth Green contacted me and we did some episodes in which robot chicken poked fun at Nick Arcade. And I came in and voiced myself and they made a, you know, they made the little doll version of me. So I took pictures of the doll version of me and the picture was my Facebook page. Is the doll version of me? You know, kind of weird. And why? Because I love that show. A doll not many people have a doll version of themselves. You know, when you get a doll and version also, of yourself, on it, you want to use it. And also, the icon makes you a couple collectors cards too. Huh? Say it again. The icon makes you a couple collectors cards too. What you gotta do is you, know, you take it when you get unique stuff made. With your face in the place, well, you take advantage of that, you know. So um, that's it. Phil so More for you, uh, P-H-I-L-M-O-O-R-E, the number four, the letter U. And then my, my name, Phil Moore, on Facebook. You can't miss it. Awesome, Phil. And like I said, I am sure. I mean, you wouldn't even have to pay me. You just have to uh, let me get some autographs of people. And I would love to be uh, on an episode. It's actually a dream of mine. To, uh, to do that You know I, I love well, to do a project with you well, well, well on camera It's only two people It's myself And whoever my guest is um, But listen You know what You might not even have to come to us Because we actually are, Have taken the show on the road And we're shooting episodes when, when appropriate Or when the guest is somewhere To accommodate them Like if the guest Is in the middle of shooting something In their own location Oh we'll go to them You know but um, I'll be it's basically me. I'll be but basically, well, 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 Here's the thing: you can't be a guest icon because in the '90s you were a kid. This is about people who were like famous in the '90s, and so I oh, hook up with other people. Yeah. Now here, it, it's ironic because I know where you're going with this. You're the icon, and the show is about '90s icons, but you're not a '90s icon. You're a 2018 icon. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> this show. <laughs> this show is about '90s icons, you know. Um, so that's that's the only thing. This show is about '90s icons and um, playing video games with me. Matter of fact, the name of the show—listen out for it, folks. The name of the show is called Playing Around with No More. because I'm hanging out with other '90s icons and we playing video games. You want to see how you know Good Mark Summers is at the, at Pac Man? You got to check out the show. Is Joey Patone good at virtual reality laser shooting? We got to check out the show. That's what it's about. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you, uh, we're running out of time here. We're getting the signal. So, Bill, I'll tell you what, we appreciate you taking time on your schedule. Uh, hopefully, you can send us those autographs and send the address. And uh, we appreciate it. We definitely will have you on again. All right, listen, it was a, it was a blast. Uh, it was great being here. I appreciate you having me on. Definitely let those pictures out to you. Uh, hey, to the big sweet, the granny host, everybody listening. And, of course, the host with the most, the icon. Appreciate you having me on. And everybody listening, thanks for all the love throughout the year. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Phil. Have a great night. Appreciate it. I appreciate
1: it. too. Classic,
2: Bye, classic,
1: show, classic show, classic interview. And now we are going to take you to Monday Night Football where we got a classic game going on, 54-51 right now. This is a like college out there. We'll see you next week. Dead man walking. You got it now.
4: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. Void. prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Don't
0: you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax.